Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 266, covering Rise and Favorite Son. Recorded live at the Pocket Theater. Hi, friends! Hello, all. Look at, look at, there's our friends! They're here! God, there keeps getting more and more of them. It's weird. I know, it's like we're building up some kind of a, Uh, what do you call it? The people who have nothing better to do. People who like to see us suffer because people, I mean, yeah. like a year ago when we were really enjoying ourselves, there weren't half no, as many people. One person is like, "Yay, Star Wars!" Yeah. <laughs> and now we're into Voyager, and uh, it was all like, "Yay, Star Wars!" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, this week uh, I could be watching uh, what was it, Rise, and uh, what's the other one? Rise special boy, the super special, tiny, beautiful yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah, that one. Um, but I could also be watching The Force Awakens. We and could I'd... watch that Rogue One trailer like 18 times. Yeah, so that's kind of how I chose to spend my yeah. time. I, I didn't really watch the episodes is what I'm saying, Matt. You're on your own. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Rise is terrible, and so is the other one. Yeah, they're all they're all terrible. We all agree they're terrible. All right, good, good, good night, show. Everyone. All right, see you, folks. <laughs> We've actually prepared a little, uh, for those of you who are not that familiar with Star Trek, we've prepared a little uh, report, a little how we spent the last five years summer vacation, so... uh, I would like this to sound more off the cuff, but I... No, this is good. This is wonderful because of how wooden it's going to be sounding. Yeah, <laughs> because the very first line is, Hi, I'm Ron Algar-Watt. And I'm Matt Robotham. In 2010, we had an idea that would change the face of broadcasting, podcasting, and... Uh, smodcasting? No. Oh. That revolutionary idea was this. We would watch a TV show and then tell people what we thought about that TV show. We would do it every week. And we would do it with wacky irreverence. Pretty sure we were the first people to ever think of that. And so... Since all the other stuff that I likes is stupid and boring and terrible, and he doesn't like any of the awesome stuff that I like, uh, we settled on a bit of common gr- common ground. Common fuck. <laughs> Off the cuff. All right, I'm coming back in. <laughs> the common ground was Star Trek. All of it. Beginning with the unaired 1966 pilot, The Cage, which I assume we're going to watch 15 more times. Yeah, probably. And continuing through every official incarnation of the franchise, and thus, the post-atomic horror podcast was born. It was a lot of fun in those early days. Captain Kirk making computers explode with the power of sheer human arrogance. Bones and Spock being Bones and Spock. Hot 60s looking girls. Yeah. Come back to me, honey. And then the movies. Con. Cruise. That space volleyball thing that talked to whales. Whatever the hell was happening in Star Trek V. General Chang. Then we moved on to Next Gen. Things got off to a bit of a shaky start, but even a bad episode with Captain Picard isn't all that bad. Also, Counselor Troy is really pretty. I need to remember to write myself one of those creepy lines when we get to Deep Space Nine. You stay away from my Kira. All right. Anyway, those times were good. Data grew a beard. The Borg happened. Q did Q things in his ongoing efforts to seduce Captain Picard, which is totally canon. (laughs) (laughs) Worf took a lot of vacations. Jordy did not take any vacations. <laughs> it, is that it? Just Jordy? Yeah, Jordy. He was great. You're not wrong. Also great was Chief O'Brien, who carried us over to the third series, Deep Space Nine. Intergalactic politics. The best villains in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Wait. 
Gul Dukat or Kai Wynn? Uh, well, I meant the Dominion, but those are also excellent choices. And Captain Sisko, that guy. Yeah. He was the best. And if we're being completely honest, he's the one I'd make the inappropriate comments about. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but raw sexual magnetism notwithstanding, he really was a great character. So was Quark and Odo and Dax and other Dax and Jake and Nog, Morn. Garrick. Garrick, yes, Garrick. It was a great show. Then. And. <sighs> we really did try. We didn't want to hate Voyager. Al wrote a little song. I'm keeping an open mind about Voyager. And honestly, it it wasn't nearly as bad as we feared. We actually quite liked a lot of the characters, even Janeway, which surprised the hell out of me. As surprising as discovering that you thought young Dr. Pulaski was hot? No. The first couple of seasons of Voyager weren't all that bad. There were more than a couple episodes that weren't just good for Voyager, but actually good for Star Trek. And then... Then... (laughs) I gave explicit instructions for Matt not to see this until I unfurled it, so... This, by the way, was drawn by longtime friend of the show, Vishal Baradwaj, who designed our excellent logo as well. I said, Vishal, please. It needs to be recognizably Neelix. Otherwise, go nuts. For the listeners at home, which is most of you, you, you can't see this, but trust me. Neelix, uh, Matt, would you please describe? Well, No. Wait for the next supplemental uh, that, that will be part of the cover art. That, for those of you who are not as intimately familiar with Star Trek as we are, is Neelix. And that is an eggplant, I hope. An eggplant if you're lucky. And that expression is happening. <laughs> uh, just I just uh, want to punch him in his stupid fucking... Spotted, rabbity, rodent, hair encrusted, dick nosed, gaping mouthed, almost a mohawk, creep in the top of his head where you can just peel the skull back, sideburns moved down to the bottom of his fucking face like he's half a wolverine, almost pointed Vulcan ears that still don't work, my little pony haircut. Eat shit. Oh no, my everything. He's the worst. I mean, look at him. Literally the worst. We, we've hated Trek characters before. Oh, sure. Chekhov. Crusher. Rom. But nothing prepared us for... for, for that. For... Ugh. Ugh. He's, he's not in Starfleet, but he thinks he deserves full, unfettered access to the sensitive areas of the ship, like engineering. He thinks he should be allowed to carry a phaser. He is very clearly a pedophile. That's not a wacky make up that show has given us direct, actual, in-the-eye proof of that. Yes, it looked right at us and said, this guy's a pedophile. That's not something we just made up as a joke. And he's still, somehow, supposed to be the lovable comic relief. He cooks food for the crew, with hair in it. Actual hair, possibly this hair. <laughs> I don't know if he intends to put that hair in the food, it just kind of... Well, he's not wearing a hairnet over the entirety of his face, like, <laughs> face like a Spider-Man mask, so I assume it gets everywhere. <laughs> It's like my dog. He fucking just sheds everywhere. Yeah. 
But yeah, the hair thing is is something that really happened. We don't need to invent reasons to hate Neelix. We've covered, I counted, over 500 episodes of Star Trek at this point, Jesus plus Christ. all the movies and the animated series. And I've never wanted to reach into the screen and strangle someone quite so much as I do that. And we still have over 100 episodes of Voyager to do. Oh, God, don't check how much time we have left. <laughs> never do that. Twenty-two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go behind the building and kill myself. Oh, no, honey. We still got a show to do. Uh. So that should catch you all. The introduction sketch, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know everything you need to know about Voyager. That wasn't my song. That just (laughs) everything you need to know about Voyager. (laughs) All right. Um, So the first episode we had. Okay. So we mentioned this a lot on the show, but for those of you who are not regular listeners, or or maybe tune in and out, or or just hate us and feel obligated to show, or whatever. there is a uh, an excellent resource online called Memory Alpha. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a Star Trek wiki that kind of compiles all the various sources that have been around it over is the years. Just like there is someone doing a masterful job of making sure that no fake information gets on there. Believe me, we've tried. Oh, <laughs> Brian Brian here in particular has tried to change a few tiny little things. Actually, Flonk has as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. To to uh, to our little weird inside jokes, and those nerds are right on top of that shit. They do not. <laughs> I'll right, take then, one day. That, oh, that's yeah. true. But Matt's theory that uh, it's Cardassian, frozen out of uh, Cardassian geese. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they they did not stand for that. Anyway, it's an excellent resource. I just picture one guy like there's an alarm going off. Someone has said something about Canar. <laughs> <laughs> but what that's the, not where it comes from. <laughs> where did you even get? Can you cite a source? Post atomic horror episode, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That did not sound like you said wiki. <laughs> but so they, um, they, they mention a few different places that three episodes in a row. So the previous episode we just covered, which I don't remember the name of it, but it was the Doctor's. Uh, Shitstorm. Doctor, uh, Je- Doctor, Doctor, and Mr. Doctor. Doctor, Doctor. No, I think that was a Matt Frewer show, and I also feel like Tidro would know that, and so she does. <laughs> was um, the deal with Doctor, Doctor that they were married, but they were both named Doctor, and they solved crimes? No. How close? How close am I? Do they wander from town to town solving? Am crimes? I pretty close? No. Did they have a kick-ass van? That is not how I remember it at all. Then, anyway, they pointed out that the pre- last week's second episode that we covered with the doctor turning into a Jekyll and Hyde monster was <laughs> just terrible. Well, first of all, Jekyll is not the monster. He's the oh, excuse doctor. me. A Jekyll and Doctor Jekyll's monster. <laughs> I got to remember that. That's good. <laughs> Um, that one and then these two comprise what they call the Trilogy of Terror. Three particularly bad episodes of Voyager in a row. I can think of a better T word. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Turd. Yeah, that's fair. Turd Trilogy of turds. of turds. No, it's turd of turds. Turd of turds. Isn't the that king like- of kings of uh, <laughs> bowel movements. So it's Budweiser. Yeah, there you go. All right. Anyway, we, we are in the second and third episode of what they ref- – what, what these – ridiculous super fan nerds refer to as the worst of Voyager. So bear that in mind. We usually like Star Trek. We really do. But this was fucking rough. Uh, we're, we might need to change that to our new tagline. Post-Atomic Horror Podcast. Seriously, we do like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that said, with all those caveats made, let me now tell you about Rise. <clears throat> 
I used to always wonder why the original Starship Enterprise, and then later the Enterprise D under Captain Picard, had to begin each week reciting their mission statement. You know, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, new civilizations. But I realize now it's probably because Starfleet captains are easily distracted otherwise. <laughs> the crew of the Starship Voyager shouldn't have to remind themselves that their primary mission is to traverse a large chunk of the galaxy and return home to the Alpha Quadrant before everyone drops dead of extremely old age. And yet, they have a really hard time remembering that otherwise. This week, the shiny object that's caught their attention is another boring planet full of stupid space jerks with their stupid space jerk problems. Oh, come on. You don't listen to the show for our fair objective reads on the show at this point. You know we're suffering. And if you're listening, you're probably enjoying that suffering on at least some level. So who's the real monster here? Anyway, said space jerk planet has an asteroid problem, which Voyager is more than willing to help them with, because it's not like they have anything better they could be doing with their time. So the captain sends in her elite team of asteroid destruction experts. Tuvok, her right-hand man, a seasoned professional with a Vulcan's characteristic focus and cool. And Neelix, whose skills include... You got anything? No. <laughs> well, look, if I was recording this in my home studio, I could take the time to think this one out and edit the ensuing hour-long silence out of the final show. But it's Friday night at the Pocket Theater, and I'm positive there are other shows going on after us, so I'll have to hurry this along. Tuvok and Neelix act out the old trapped-in-an-elevator plot, except it's a space elevator, and also there are a few of those space jerks hanging out with them. There's probably some bullshit conflict happening between two factions, because there's always some bullshit conflict happening between two factions. But the real conflict is because I lost my place. Uh, the real conflict is between, between Tuvok, who's trying to get things under control, and Neelix, who thinks doing a stupid little jig is somehow going to be helpful. <laughs> this goes on for a really long time, and somehow we're meant to sympathize with Neelix for some reason. Anyway, then they escape, and everything goes back to the way it was. Brandon Braga. Can we get a, a reaction? Like, Thank you. Who wrote this episode, because of course he did, called his script somewhat flaccid. <laughs> Actual quote from the man himself. Well, we can extrapolate from this that he also thinks genocide is probably not a good idea, <laughs> that poison may not be a healthy beverage, and that puppies are a little bit cute. <laughs> That's Rise. There, uh, see, it's called Rise because it's about an elevator going up. Is it? It's a metaphor for rising <laughs> the show doesn't know how metaphors work but we'll get to that next like in the next episode I, more. it's supposed to be like a like a locked room murder mystery thing mm -hmm. except that like you know instead of that being interesting it was just you know yeah uh, just a box going up with people in well, it. One of those people is Neelix. We talk about an elevator. What we're actually talking about, and this is actually my good thing. I do like this as a basic sci-fi concept. This is a real thing that, like, NASA and guys like that have talked about is the orbital tether, which is, like, a really super strong, like, you know, metal cable that mm. goes uh, from a space station in orbit to the surface, and then you have a car that rides up and down the thing. I yes, think that's a or, neat idea. Or ladder to heaven. Yes. Now you get that South Park song in my head. Where were you? Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> 9-11. Like the three people that remember that episode. <laughs> um, but I, I like that as a concept. And the, the whole thing takes place in a in a in like a, an elevator car that's going up and down this orbital tether. A really, but, it's weird because it's simultaneously a freakishly large elevator and also incredibly cramped and small and with roof access. Because we need to have like a Hitchcockian battle on the roof. 
Is it Hitchcockian? I mean, no. It, it felt more Tommy Wiseauian than well, Hitchcockian. Well, definitely the the view was was definitely that. Oh God! So the effects of of them being like up in the the stratosphere of the planet yeah. and all that. I, do do I you agree with me on this? Were yeah, they it's terrible? Not, it's not good. You remember the we did an original series episode where they were in a cloud city, not Cloud City from Star Wars. No, that would have been awesome. Thing, you but... belong among the clouds, Captain <laughs> Kirk. Hello, what have we here? <laughs> That's Spock. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, well, now I'm just thinking about me, Lando Spock's uh, slash fic. I'm going to be a few minutes. Let me put you in your red Bespin alternative costume, <laughs> Mr. Spock. But, uh, but there was, uh, was the cloud minders, I think, where they're up. Yeah, in they like were a, the mining. They mined clouds and there was racism. And yeah, it was a real clumsy struggle. metaphor with like the people who live in the clouds are the are the upper class and the people who live on the surface are the lower class. And then the wow. Yangs fought the. No, the, that's, a, that's a different one. That's a different terrible episode. The anyway, comms. There was a there was there was the effect was that they lived in in the sky and every mm. now and then people would plummet to their deaths and it looked cheesy and we made fun of it because the 60s haha cheap joke it, it looks bad but this was made in like 1997 and it looked just as bad uh-huh the thing is people falling out of stuff from a high like a great height has greatly improved since the 60s like that's a special effect that like yeah we pe- really buckled down we have, and improved falling we've out of things that. i mean <laughs> disney alone has made huge strides in pushing people off of high things oh the goofy program really just pushed oh, that yeah. way ahead yeah Project Wahahui. <laughs> the very same. Um, I'm thinking specifically. I set him up, he knocks him down. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically of uh, the end of Die Hard, where uh, Hans it, Gruber Hans falls Gruber to, his death. to his death. Perfect. Absolutely. And I, that was before this. That this, was yeah, almost like, 10 years before this. Yeah, exactly. And yet the, the fucking dude falling off of this thing, this the weird. <sighs> And, like, the Terrible. weirdest bad guy, too, is, like, this weird pudgy dude who's just all like, oh, I gotta stop stuff from happening. Oh, no, you, that's you your Neelix it, voice. No, no, you'd think it was Neelix. It's not. But he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm okay to ride this L. I don't know about enclosed spaces. I don't, I don't Jeez, know. Jeez, Mr. Tuvok, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> You're all over the map with that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's tough finding a voice. Yeah, that's you know? fair. That's, that's fair. why I only have three. <laughs> um... You you do have a note though. Speaking of the whole orbital tether, oh thing. the tethers thing. They say orbital tether about eighteen times. I was watching the episode. I'm just like, yes, say tether, say tether eighteen more times. Never stop saying tether. No, your actual note says always say tether, which I don't know why. That just made me. <laughs> oh my god, past me, me is it. hilarious. <laughs> what I try to do if he's gotten to the episode for it, we both take notes and then we incorporate the notes mm. into it. I'm. I'm Pulling back the curtain. But, Don't, um, yeah. <laughs> Put the curtain back. There's <laughs> <laughs> just a garage door there. It's not that exciting. <laughs> but, um, no, I, if he gets to it first, I like to look at his notes and I try to keep up with what yeah, notes. And if I see a note that's just like a bunch of capital letters and exclamation, like, ah, oh, that's so stupid. Like, oh, God, I haven't gotten there yet. Here oh, here go. it is. Uh, and I just, I knew, like, yeah. the fifth time they, time they said tether, I was like, oh, that must be where that yeah, was. And it, he <laughs> loves saying tether. It's one of those things like uh, the next gen episode, Exocomp. Exo, like, except Exocomp is fun to say. It is Exocomp. Nobody likes to say tether. Mm. That is very true. Like, but it, it just—it's not a word you hear often, so it—it it was—it felt odd to your ears. To the ear, just, yeah. yeah. Your ear. Shut up. <laughs> it's the Neelix police. Um, <laughs> Good. I have a lot of notes about uh, Chakotay hitting a rock and not being able to tell the difference between the rock and himself because he's such a boring slab of nothing. Oh, did you spot? You probably didn't. Mm. Um, one of the aliens. Go on. Was Skeletor. Was <laughs> it really? Yeah. 
Alan Oppenheimer, the voice, he's a big voice actor. He's been in Star Trek a bunch before. I don't know how I missed that. But he's he's done a million voices, and if we let Brian tell us, he we would be here for another six hours, so we won't be doing that because you probably know. Just like a one, right, you get one. Uh, and if it's Deadly Games, you're fired. Okay, that's pretty good. All right, moving on. He also did the voice of the main bad guy in the fake Ghostbusters. Oh, that fucking that dude you know, Ghostbusters, that guy. Seriously? Yeah. He was that and guy also Skeletor. and Skeletor. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Talk about your typecast. And Jesus the boring. Christ. He was every. Cool I want to be all skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he had been a skeleton in this, it would have been way better. He's like that dude. Um, I just recently found out about this. The dude from Parks and Rec who only plays um uh uh. uh News reporters. Oh, Perd. Yeah, exactly. Perd happened. And he's just in everything as a news reporter. He's like... He's okay. in Supergirl. Yeah. And I don't think they... Do they... Tidro, you watch Supergirl. Do they give him a name or is he just... Does he just appear without... Like, could he be Perd or is he named something else? Aww. Okay, damn. No, I just picture the, this guy like talking to his agent. Only get me skeletons. <laughs> no, see, I'm thinking in, in terms Fucking of the Perd thing. I'm thinking... skeleton of cadavers coming out. I want to be there. Yeah. I want to play all the skeletons in the uh, Jason and the Argonauts yep. gaming. Just the whole army. I want to do a movie version of the skeleton dance cartoon. Yeah. No, I was I was just thinking with the Perd thing, that could be like a uh, St. Elsewhere kid. Every show is yes. linked together by in the in the same universe. I would love if Parks and Rec took place in the same universe as Supergirl. Yeah, that exactly. would be the best fucking thing ever. Leslie Nope would love her. Anyway, I don't know why we keep not talking about Voyager. It's weird. <laughs> Did we did we cover all that? Because we got we got some actual good character meat stuff to discuss here that yes. we're going to disagree with a little bit. Yeah. But um, I, I want to make sure we got all the orbital tether crap and yeah. like all the planet. The tether, yeah. Did anything happen on Voyager of note? Because the main thing I want to talk about is the Tuvok Neelix thing. Was I know there, something was going on up there, and I there could was not a whole the subplot of, you, of them life trying to tell you what the hell was. Yeah, they were trying to uncover some. It's uh, like this alien race is pelting this planet with rocks. That's the mm -hmm. it's the Starship Troopers alien attack thing where they throw rocks. I never actually at saw planet. Star Troopers. Oh so well, that's what the aliens were doing. They were throwing throwing rocks, rocks at, at Earth. Earth. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Science fiction. <laughs> Wait. So was I? So was I like undertaking a sinister alien plot when I was just throwing rocks at my neighbor's like house? I mean, maybe. Did you try to take over the house afterwards? I would have. I if mean, you told eight year like, old me I could take over knock that house. On the I door, just like your house belongs to me. I'm eight year old Al. <laughs> that sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah. Not now though. No, well, now it'd just be weird. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing 40, a vest. Can I have your house? I'm forty something Al. I just pelted your house with rocks. I'd like to own it now. <laughs> but yeah, that, so I guess that's the thing, and I talk about this on the show a lot because it bugs me because it's so boring. We always pass by these planets we've never seen before, we'll never see again, and they have some internal struggle between one faction and another, and we don't have enough time to get invested in what they're fighting about, so who cares? I just picture Janeway in, like, the captain's chair. It's just like, uh, Captain, we're passing a uh, planet that looks like they got, you know, people. Pull over. I want to see what they've got to do. <laughs> Oh, well. shit. Is that a dog out there? Let's go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like these guys think the dog belongs to them, but these other people think the dog is actually theirs. Well, let's get involved. Bad news, assholes. It's my dog now. <laughs> <laughs> Kate loves some dogs. <laughs> come on. Come on. Who's a good boy? <laughs> Can you get the stick? <laughs> no, that's Chakotay. <laughs> <laughs> he sets him up. I knock him down. <laughs> 
Captain, my arm. <laughs> but I just, before we get into, because like I said, the main conflict and the main thing I, I definitely want to discuss is the, the Tuvok Neelix yep. thing. But was there anything else before we um, talk about that? No, I don't think there was. Yeah. There, there, oh, there, one quick thing. There's one thing where they, the, they're trying to get the, te- the, uh, the, the tether, the it's orbital tether. tether to go up. And it starts falling and somebody says, we're going into free fall. And somebody else actually has to explain that in that way that Star Trek has, where it's like, they might not get this technical thing. They just said free fall. You mean we're going to drop? Yes, dummy. Wow, thanks. That is That was maybe the well, worst. Here, let me explain to you how gravity works. It goes down. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find some wacky planet in the Delta Quadrant where, you know what? I want to I wanna if see. If Raga can hear this, maybe I should... Uh, <laughs> I want to see, like, Tuvok do, like, a Mr. Tuvok explains the galaxy thing to, like, those kids from that one episode. Where he's like, Here's how gravity works. Stay away from Neelix. See, I just feel like I'm, I, I'm so tired of being Trexplained to. It's just like, I get it. They're falling. All yeah, right. It's fine. Yeah. I really thought Trexplained would go over better. Though. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Make fun of Neelix. It kills. Yeah. <laughs> I fuck. Fuck. It's like seeing it all over again. It's the crossed eyes that, like, really just... Yeah. Exquisite work, Michelle, Just like a really. line of drool running down his fucking chin. So that said, your good thing is Neelix. Yeah, it's weird. Let's hear I, it. Let's, let's be very clear here. I hate Neelix. I fucking... You heard earlier. <laughs> <laughs> See the previous 30 episodes. But um, him... There's a scene where he just is done with Tuvok. He's just... Tuvok's been riding him for the entire episode. <laughs> Real, fr- Are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> Lana. <laughs> no, um, for the entire episode, he's just been all like, oh, fucking Neelix. And there comes a point, and I've been, honestly, I've been waiting for the, the entire series to see this, where Neelix is just done. He's just like, you know what? Oh, no, oh, no my feelings. <laughs> okay, but, but let's be clear. Tuvok is trying to solve the problem of yep. we're going to plummet to our death. Neelix, I, I wasn't exaggerating much when I'm doing a little jig. Baby. I literally I'm just imagine him walking around like that now, like a yep. fucking, uh, like a uh, like a LucasArts game. Just <laughs> With like, his pants around his ankles and just, yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, he does volunteer his expertise because he's worked on a tether before, but most of it seems I've seen stupid a and infl- inexplicable. <laughs> I saw and, a tether once. Yeah, I've played tether ball once, but it, it's... There's an image. <laughs> of course, you know... That's keep, not what tether ball means, man. I just think you should keep him out of the playground, honestly. <laughs> that's fair. But it's it's just like Tuvok's trying to solve the problem. Neelix is trying to keep everyone's spirits up. And he's just like, shut up. We don't need that right now. And you liked it when he I yelled like, at him. I like that. that he fucking lost it at Tuvok. I don't understand at all. I, like, just, I, I think he had it coming. Norm, I agree. But it's, it was great seeing it. Just like, I am so done with you, Mr. Vulcan. You really worked my last nerve. The thing is, he like, never... go, Neelix. Yell at him. That's so. Is that just because you don't like being yelled at yourself? And yes. he's the underdog. And yes. even if it's Neelix, you like okay. That's you fair. tell him. That's fair. You got something you want to tell me? Not in front of all these people. <laughs> I mean, it would be way more satisfying if you did it in front of all these people. Is all really beat this podcast is over. <laughs> Please don't drop the mic. These aren't our mics. Um, no, I just it bugged me because there was a once again an original series episode. I, I don't know why I keep going back to. Good Star Trek. Yeah, but, funny uh, that. No, there's there's a, a famous episode, uh, the Galileo Seven, where a bunch of guys are stranded on a planet, and it, it's real rough times. And one of them dies, and one of the, the remaining crew is like, "We got to give him a funeral. We got to bury him and give him a funeral." And he just keeps going on. Yeah. And Spock, who we all know is Spock, and he's like, 
No, we don't. Stop with your human bullshit. There, we need to get off the planet, and there, we don't have time to do funerals. Come there, on. We need to get out of here before someone chucks a log-sized spear at the spaceship again. Yeah, right. I was trying to make it sound cool. You, my, you know. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a good episode. But, it was uh, a very good episode. No, I think my point there is that, like, this guy is, like, funeral guy is like, we need to do a funeral because it's something. And Spock's like, no, we need to survive. Neelix actually is helping. He's offering help, but he's, is he actually helping? I don't. Well, it's th- theoretically, it's okay. a thing that he actually knows about that he can do. And Tuvok's like, don't just don't touch anything. Just stand very still in the corner. Don't, don't, don't be Neelix. Don't. I mean, that's what I would say. In, oh. in fact, Bob, if you if you wouldn't mind playing my quote, my quote is actually just before the mission. The doctor says essentially the same thing to him. I've been assigned to Lieutenant Tuvok's team, and no matter what I do, I can't seem to please him. Vulcans are notoriously difficult to impress. Mr. Tuvok seldom acknowledges my brilliance. A word of advice, Mr. Neelix. Try to restrain your enthusiasm. The look. Any of you who have ever watched Voyager or know who Robert Picardo is, know the look he gave him. Try to ex- Try to restrain your... Enthusiasm. Let's go with. Uh, I love just the little sneer and the look, and it's perfect. And he's got like you know, like every word in like his computer database. Oh yeah. What should I select here? Let's go with enthusiasm. <laughs> Could you just tone uh, down this your whole, whole general area? You've got a real deal going on here. <laughs> Could you could you just stop? Can we back off on the clown suit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't bring the eggplant on the away mission. Don't tell me how to work. I'm a professional. But it, it really, he had it coming there, and I think he had it coming with Tuvok. So I'm gonna have to just. That's fine. With you there. I still enjoyed it. Okay. Wait, I will say this. Um, this occurred to me while I was watching uh, uh, Tuvok be a shit to him for the entire episode. Oh, Tuvok doesn't like people. Tuvok doesn't like anyone. No, he really Tuvok doesn't. Tuvok is just done with everyone on the ship that's not his Janeway. His captain is his best friend, mm-hmm. and he's got Kess kind of under his wing-ish, sort of, but that's it. He just, he's just not. like the guy who does not like people and is stuck with <laughs> a clown. No, he just, he's he's there to do his job, and everyone else there he's just got to deal with. And I got to get out of this. I wonder I like that guy. <laughs> I got to get out of the Delta Quad. My wife and, gets me. And back to my hot <laughs> wife. And this clown is capering at me. But okay, so Neelix offers to, to help. Yes. And we find out that he has worked on an... Tether. Thank you. Before. But this kind of plays into your bad thing. Which is... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I We never knew this about him before. Right. Among other things. Uh-huh. Um, His backstory just comes and goes when they so feel like it. out of nowhere, um, there's this woman on the tether who has been living... Like, I guess she's been camping there or something, and... She's like a homeless person living in the elevator when they get in there. Yeah, exactly. They get in, and she's like, you stay away from my tether! Yeah. You got any food? Homelessness isn't funny. Like, if you were expecting a joke, you know, yeah, laugh no. there. You'd be ashamed of a serious problem. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, and so out of nowhere, just they're riding the elevator up. And out of nowhere, he's just like, yeah, my backstory. Uh, I was in a war and all the people I know, die- everyone, my entire family died. And I think of them at night, every night. I'm also very wacky. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, his backstory, and this is actually my bad thing, is a bigger part of Like mm. yours is specifically the war thing. The, and the fact they never... Ever. It's about once a season, and we're only in season three. It's come up three times. Like, yeah, exactly. It's they only they it only comes up when they remember. Oh, right, Neelix has a tragic backstory where he we was in this use war, that. Yeah. and then next week it doesn't matter. Yeah, but 
building on that, there are a lot of things they could have mentioned to make the story work better. Mm-hmm. When people were having trouble breathing, they're up in the thin air. They could mention he's only got one lung. Mm-hmm. That was there was an early story where he lost a lung, which we still love to joke about. Yep. But like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Just oh no, oh no. <laughs> but like that that could have been an interesting little tidbit. Oh, I remember when that happened. That's a nice little detail. When we get to the heart of the whole Tuvok Neelix conflict, we can mention the whole Tuvix situation, which was an episode where they were combined into one person. I feel like Tuvok and lived in the same body for like I don't know a week or something. I feel like Tuvok showed up at Neelix's quarters that night and just like, here's a document I need you to sign. It says that you will never, ever, ever speak of that again. Remember when I was inside you? I was inside of you. (laughs) Well, according to this document you just signed, no, you weren't. You should really have read it before you signed it. You owe me a great deal of money now. (laughs) Will you accept hair? (laughs) How about pieces of me that fell off? Oh, Enjoy that, everyone. But it's like it's it's ninety percent of my body is scab. <laughs> but it's like I get initially these two were supposed to be the odd couple. They were supposed to be the wacky guy and the serious guy. Like I get that. We've got that. What do you mean we you're have the, to? You're share- the wacky guy, by the way. What do you mean we have to share a quarters, Captain? Yeah. No matter where they go, oh god, they are known as, as the couple. couple. <laughs> Those are the real words to the odd couple yeah. team, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's like none of that ever happened. Yeah. Like, really, they should be building on this relationship. They went through some weird stuff together, and maybe they should be like something should be building. See, I think that yeah. works into to fuck not liking people. <laughs> Just like I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. I don't want to know about it. Yeah, we will. We will We've been through so it. much together, Mister Vulcan. I don't think that's true at all. No, <laughs> I think I'd remember that if no. that happened. Who are you again? <laughs> Bar rodent, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> it just it it feels like these two have been in several different situations that should make their relationship different than the relationship they had in the pilot. Mm-hmm. And they're basically right back at square one again. But that's a larger problem the show has, which is big old reset button yeah. every week. Every week. And It's weird, too, know. though. Like, like they do those resets, but then there's this weird stuff that keeps carrying over. Like the war thing you mentioned. The war thing. Now it's convenient to bring like, that up, so we'll bring that up again. Or um, uh, Ponfar Vulcan from a couple of weeks back. Uh, oh, yeah, they set his, him up like three name? episodes uh, before. Jimmy. Jimmy the Vulcan. Jimmy the Vulcan. Uh-huh. Um, and he just showed up for like three episodes. So like it's like they're willing to do continuity up to a point. But if it's anything actually important, like, you know, character development or anything, it's like, eh, don't, whatever. Nobody's got arcs or no. uh, d- development. The important or- thing is that everyone stays exactly the same. That's how storytelling is done. Apparently so. Mm-hmm. That's why we're still super happy to be doing Star Trek just like we were 100 episodes ago, right? Are, are we a <laughs> Nothing story? has changed. This is the story of us slowly going mad. <laughs> Uh, anything else about this episode before we press on? Let me just have a quick look my, at my notes One of my here. final notes here was, how are there still five minutes left in this episode? Just mm. that, that's It's one of those. Uh, da, 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 people falling off of stuff. <laughs> the naming of various alloys. Oh, yeah. Neelix, I believe in you. Is a sentence no one ever said. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Oh, two people make the same fucking joke in this when the guy falls off of the... Uh, do they say what a way to go go? No, um, <laughs> be amazing. No, um, when uh, the bad guy uh, comes back in after he thinks he's killed Tuvok, he's like, uh, he went. Uh, there's like, what happened to Tuvok? Uh, <laughs> he had to go back to the planet. <laughs> and then when wow. they get back to when they get back to Voyager, um, 
someone is like, what happened to What's-His-Face? And fucking Neelix goes, I had to go back to the planet. Is he one of those guys who doesn't understand humor and just has to repeat something that got a laugh? And yeah, exactly. That, you know. No, he's a joke stealer. <laughs> that was really funny before. I'll make sure to uh, say that later. A couple of you know what I just bit my tongue on. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> More than a couple, I hear. <laughs> anyway, Matt, why don't we move forward to the episode what is called Favorite Son. Yeah, Fortunate Son. Oh, wait. <laughs> this is a Voyager crash landing in Vietnam. Ah, very well. <laughs> Which, honestly, at this point, I'm, I'm shocked they didn't do. Well, we did have the flashback to the uh, the hippie that you loved so much. That oh, was yeah. the... Far out. Far out, man. That was great. Fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping an open mind. All right. So, favorite son. Voyager is something. When they're approached by a new race of aliens, and then Harold freaks the fuck out and starts attacking them. Now, that's like a puppy tugging on your shirt, but Kate's still... <laughs> pretty pissed off well sort of pissed off mostly just confused because it's harry fucking kim the ship's bravest most specialist most wittiest baby boy and he'd never ever do anything wrong well she has no choice but to just send harry to his room for being fussy <laughs> next morning harry wakes up with weird spots all over his face oh Our little tiny boy is becoming a little tiny man. (laughs) Then Harry is drawn to a strange alien planet full of beautiful women who want to mate with him. Uh, Show of hands, who's waiting for them to eat him? Show of hands? Yeah. A lot of hands. Yeah. Wow. I can actually get a show of hands now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it turns out they're going to eat him because space vampires or something. (coughs) I don't know. Luckily, Kate and Allie, I mean, uh, Kate and Voyager, uh, beam up <laughs> at the last minute, and everybody celebrates their special little boy. You, every now and then, I feel the need to point out how little we are exaggerating. <laughs> the word special in relation to Harry Kim is is spoken in this episode at least as much as he's they said tether a, in the previous he's one. He's got, like, it's almost like the special destiny crap with Wesley, except with more special being said uh, like so much spe- he's, so, he's so he's such a he's such a perfect little wonderful little squishy one and we have to be very careful with harry because he's very delicate and Seriously. he's got clarinet practice later <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true too um i the thing the thing i can never get get over is this is a grown man he's 24 what, 23, 24, 25? Well, like, I would guess that. He's out of Starfleet Academy, which would be roughly getting out of college 22, 23. And he's okay, been on so Voyager for two or three years. So er, yeah. Early 20s. He's not a baby no, anymore. He's, he's not. He Briefly he was, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, you know, for a while, like 20 years earlier. So, all right. But, like, the just the way the crew continues to treat this person is it really embarrassing. Well, the thing you said in your summary that. That he actually just opened fire on a brand new alien ship, like, without any cause. He does that, and no one, like, jumps over to his console to stop it or anything. They're just like, Harry, what did you do? Janeway is literally like, yeah. well. You got some explaining. Mister. Oh, yeah. And it's like, he just shot some guys. People almost died. And, like, they're in the middle of a converse, like, a perfectly you know, civil conversation with these people. They're like, yeah, we're going to trade some crap with you. Yeah, it's normal. We met some new guys. Let's see what your deal is. And Harry's just something like, crush, kill, destroy. Yeah. (laughs) Harry, what did you do? Oh, I may have thrown rocks at the alien people. (laughs) Well, now now you own them, apparently. (laughs) Hi, I'm I'm eight-year-old Harry Kim. (laughs) (laughs) 
I own your ship now. <laughs> it just like we've watched Star Trek for so long that it feels like the next like the next thing I just expected the phrase court martial. Like you yeah. shoot at someone unprovoked, you're gonna it's the military, mm-hmm. you're gonna get punished. No, they literally she sends him to his room. No, she sends him to sick bay first. To get his Make head sure you're not up. crazy. Yeah. And then sends him to his room and then says, oh, you know what? Actually, you were right. It's fine. Yeah. What? I, like, you're in the fucking military, man. And it's a, okay, it's a future military where they try not to fight, but it's still the military. Like, it's just, it's really, just, ooh. (laughs) It's just embarrassing. Like, you're a fucking spaceship, for Christ's sake. Get your (laughs) shit, get your shit together. Something tickled you, Al? (laughs) Seeing this show through your eyes sometimes. (laughs) Most of you know this, but maybe some of you don't. He is often referred... He one time did this by accident, and then it became a runner. That when they beam down to the planet, he refers to it as downstairs. (laughs) How does your brain work that it's downstairs? But we ran with it. How how is this complicated? And now you're yelling... Down. I get it. No spaceship the, planet. It's just fascinating to me. One is above the other. Therefore, the planet is where you keep the Christmas decorations. I, no, I. I <laughs> all right. <laughs> and and this is another one where you feel like you're you're lecturing the actual ship. Yes. For the failings of the people inside yes. the ship. Yes. Fucking get your. Christmas. You're a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> so Show a little professionalism for crying out loud. So we're we're here as as part of the whole uh, Emerald City Comic Con. We we have a show there tomorrow, uh, uh, comedy show. Yeah, we're real, we're real happy about that. We want but, you um, too. <laughs> we got we got friends in town here. A lot of a lot of the regular uh, podcasts. A lot of a lot of local friends. Just it's, it's great to see these people. One of the people who came in town is our friend Tidro, who's been on the show before. She'll be on the show again. Don't worry, I, I'm going somewhere with this. We're not going to put the spotlight on you. Hey, it's Terrence. Cool. Initially, this was supposed to be her episode. And I said, hey, we're doing this live. You want to get up there in front of people? And she said, I sure don't. (laughs) Fine. Matt barely does, so I understand. (laughs) But um, she is a noted Harry Kim enthusiast. Mm -hmm. She is like, I don't don't think he's your favorite character, but you think he's cute and you like him and you don't get why we rag on him so much. Is that accurate? Would you agree that he is the tiniest, most specialist little boy? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. She got in town a few days ago. She's been staying with us. We watched Mm -hmm. this episode together. She hated it. (laughs) So even through the eyes of someone who thinks the main character is great, who is as special as they kept saying, Uh she said, this is garbage. Actually, what she did, this is funnier than any of the jokes we wrote. She called him a Harry Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking ruining... She absolutely deserves that. Fucking ruining Star Trek. (laughs) When are we going to get some fucking guys in charge again? (laughs) Really, though, don't you agree as a white guy? It's about time that Uh we had somebody, right? I mean, white people have had a really tough time for the last few years. (laughs) Men especially. (laughs) No, but seriously, that the reason like, I mean, I don't need to explain to you the reason it was funny. You all laughed. But <laughs> he really takes on the qualities that people complain about with Mary Sue's in that everyone talks about how great he is all the time. This new alien family that he's found is like, 
did you ever wonder why you were so special? Meanwhile, back on Voyager, Janeway's like, I hope Perry comes back because he's special. We need – we're the ship's just going to fail completely if we don't have special Harry in his special – They ensign, really do – In his special ensign job. And then we get flashbacks. We actually get flashbacks to his mom telling him that he's special. Actually, is this is this your good or bad thing? I don't want to. I don't want to step on anything. Now. Okay, it's not. Okay, ago. it's not. Okay, no. There's there's a scene, a flashback to him, young Harry and his mom, and his. It's supposed to be like Mrs. a child's Mrs. nightmare. Kim. Yes, Mrs. Kim, of course. Uh, Harriet Kim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently, that's what I'm going with. She um she she relieves him of duty. So, because his mind doesn't really do symbols, Captain equals mom is just how his brain works, and that's it. Well, and she used to make him get up on the table and go, "Oh, Captain, my Captain." Yeah, that's true. Right before clarinet practice, and put a little sailor suit on. Yep, that's probably true. Do took you him think to, took him to Mother Boy? I was going to say, do you think Harry went to Mother Boy? I absolutely that just feels think. Like, uh... <laughs> but it's upon her knee. <laughs> Lead everyone in a rousing chorus of the Mother Boy I don't song. think anyone else knows the lyrics. No. Sing the theme That's to Sugarfoot I... with me. <laughs> it's Arrested Development. Mother if you haven't seen it, you're really sure. And boy. Why didn't they have that at karaoke last night? Mother boy. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even look, but I know that was Brian. Of course it was Brian. <laughs> In his Deadly Games shirt. Did we mention the Deadly Games shirt? You said it. I did say I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> Do as he says, not as he does. Yes. That's right. You're relieved of duty. <laughs> but it's just like sir, we've we've duty. made jokes in the past about Harry thinks the captain is his mom and mm-hmm. ah, ha, ha, it's funny because he's a boy whatever but they literally do that yeah they the, literally do what, what's the what's the line don't make the subtext text where were you raised yeah <laughs> just ah oh, so bad <laughs> L- I, but this was really my bad thing large portions of this episode are spent telling us how special Harry is we've yep. seen little actual evidence of this we see him doing his job just like any standard Starfleet yep. guy. But I guess the old rule is tell, don't show. Like, I get that he's smart, but it's Starfleet. Everyone's smart. You yeah. Know? That's why you're there. Like, right. Exactly. You know, he's not like, he's not a magic man. <laughs> he's an ensign. There's yeah. other ensigns. Why does he get to do everything? I'm the best. I really want everyone else on the ship who's not like a main character to just fucking hate Harry Kim. They should. It's just like, oh, there goes Harry, Harry Kim on his way to the fucking officers meeting. Yeah. They're, they're like, a little... I fucking... I fucking outrank that guy. I'm a goddamn lieutenant. They left him in I, charge once. Yeah. I gotta go. The captain needs me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a very, I have a very important mission to do. I love that voice for him. It's just so perfect. It's perfect. Uh, that was my bad thing. What was your bad thing? Which uh, one did you pick? Yeah. This plot's embarrassing. This is a goddamn embarrassing plot. This plot is so bad that it's like it. A chunk of it is basically like was in uh, Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. Yeah, he literally it's the Castle Anthrax. He's literally taken to a planet where beautiful women just lounge all over him and like do that gross chest thing. Oh, Harry, <laughs> here, do it on me a little bit. <laughs> where and and then like he's gonna be. They're gonna eat him. Yeah, basically, they're fattening him up so they can eat him. What they're what they're doing is like a succubus thing. Yeah, they're doing like they're the sirens or the succubi or whatever. You know, the, and mytho- and by the way, if you, didn't, if you didn't get that reference, oh, he, Harry yeah. will fucking tell you about it. There's, right? a, there's a five minute epilogue where he says, "We have a we have a legend on Earth." Oh, and by the way, like he might as well be standing with his like 
the Captain Morgan pose, just like this, <laughs> while the various other characters sort of crouch around. Oh, what happened, Harry? You hero? Tell us about this ancient tell us, myth. That- tell us about how you how you escaped by being beamed to safety just as you were about to be <laughs> devoured by half naked women. <laughs> So the whole basic idea is they trick people into thinking that they're really secretly part of this alien race. Yeah. Like these aliens say, no, you, you're one of us. We sent you out to, into the universe and you came back to us. They basically just were all like, what happened to Odo? Let's do that. Yeah, exactly. And so he starts turning, like he starts getting, he starts turning into one of them. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Oh God, it's like the fly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to do the penis in the medicine cabinet bit. You always it's say that It's eggplant in the medicine cabinet. Yeah, that's now. fair. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a picture. Uh, <laughs> But um, help me, no, the, please the, the, help the, me. The idea is okay. So they tell people you you you're really one of us. You really have a special destiny, and now here you've come back to us. Thank you. And it's all an elaborate trick so they can then have sex with them because I guess men in the Delta Quadrant are really hard to find. Otherwise, Apparently. they have to go through this DNA change, elaborate cover story bullshit. By the way, I want to talk about Harry's new friend <laughs> when he gets on the planet. You mean other Tom Paris? Yeah, he, new Tom Paris. It's like he gets to the planet and there's this dude already there just like hey Harry yeah it's like he attracts these men or something (laughs) he gives off a pheromone hey I'm a douche now for those of you who don't watch a lot of Voyager Tom Paris is is a douche there's there's a word on the internet that you may or not be aware of fuck boy Mm. (laughs) that that pretty much covers it he's just he's that hey how you doing you Uh, wanna come home with me well you've obviously heard of me I'm Tom Paris it's disgusting it's gross but um this guy he meets on the planet is just like that. Well, you might have, you have obviously heard of me. I'm Rom Raris. <laughs> oh, hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's been there for a little while. He got sucked into this stupid whatever bullshit, uh-huh. and the women are all rubbing on, rubbing on yeah, there him. There you like go. That. Get yeah. in there. Yeah, and um, you get some nice chest hair. Man. You tell me about it. <laughs> um, put a pin in that. Uh, <laughs> put a pin in my chest. <laughs> But uh, so he's he's been there for a few days already. He's like, hey, settle in. This is pretty great. Why don't you just pull up a couple of ladies and sit down on them? Yeah. I... <laughs> it's just the, their whole plot doesn't make any sense. It's just it's dumb. And it's very like I feel like this was is campy enough that you would think it would work in the original series, but it wouldn't. I could see space. It would work in like working it in... would work in like a lesser science. It would work in like lost in space or something. I don't know. I Maybe with see. a guy dressed as a carrot or something. <laughs> so like on Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. Take that Doctor Who. Yeah, you know, garbage. <laughs> now. Like a, I, I seriously could see 60 Star Trek doing like a space succubus uh, episode, honestly, where Kirk would just totally fall for them. I mean, that's just but like, it, but it, it just it doesn't work now. And it's I see in, someone nodding vigorously uh, over here. So yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, it's embarrassing. You know, it's Im- and Voyager should already feel embarrassed for a lot of things. But, you know, one. <laughs> But, like, Jesus. It's not great. It's not good. No, it's not. And for the person to be – I mean, at least it's Harry and not Tom. At least he's not into it. He's kind of resisting it a little. Yeah. So that's good. But Harry would be – or uh, Tom would be dead in, like, three minutes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Halfway through the episode, he mm-hmm. finds this new Tom Paris friend on the planet. Yeah. He's, like, sucked dry. He's turned into a skeleton. So I guess Alan Oppenheimer probably played yeah. him. <laughs> and help that's me, the skeleton. Help me, Harry. I've been skeletonized. <laughs> The women did it. And he's like, oh, maybe something bad is going on here. And it still goes on for another 15 minutes. Well, and then they have to chase rescued. him around with torches like he's the Frankensteins. It's just. and But the whole time they're laying this whole, 
you're coming here. You're coming back here because of your special destiny. You're special, especially so special. special. Just, just the worst. Ugh. And meanwhile, like, there's weird crap happening, like, on the ship where they're trying to re-friend with, like, the weird race that, like, like, there's this weird al- other alien race that uh, Harry fired on. Oh, and right, as soon right. as they find out that Harry's one of these aliens, they freak the fuck out. Oh, them? No. Oh, no, 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 no. None of us are getting skeletonized. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you that right now. Yeah. But, but what I liked is, well, I don't like it at all, but it's funny, is the... When they're laying that your special thing on him uh, and trying to convince him you you are one of us that has been sent out and now you've come back because you're special. He's I don't know if it's Garrett Wong's terrible acting. Sorry, T Drew, I don't think he's a very good actor. Or the the bad writing. Darnity he puts on a hell of a convention. <laughs> Please call us Dragon Con. No. Uh, <laughs> they're never gonna call Of course us. they're not. Have you been listening to yourself and me? <laughs> Weekly. Uh-huh. Um he's just, like he plays it in the most comedically obvious gullible guy. Yes. I am special. You're right. And it's just wow. Uh-huh. Just just not. I knew it. I always knew I was special. My special destiny. Everything you're saying is exactly what I always thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not this? Yeah, I didn't believe you. Now, I believe there should be someone here with a sword to, for me to pull out of a rock so I can <laughs> slay the evil that's taken over this place. Yeah. Just, uh, I want to reenact my entire D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> that's later. Um, did you manage to find a good thing in this episode? Uh, there's some really nice hieroglyphics in one scene. <laughs> there's a... There's a there's a shot where um, there's basically like a one of those alphabet reader things that you would get in like uh, fourth grade classrooms. You know that strip that would run along the top. Oh, a, a, B, B, B. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only it's made of like little hieroglyphics of stickmen, but like. <laughs> so maybe it was a comic strip. Maybe that would have been fine. Or like but, a like a like an animation. You know, like yeah. you run across it and it looks. Oh, like so it's like a little jogging stickman and yeah, like exactly. etched in stone. Uh-huh. No, I'm watching and you know a bunch of people are talking about boring bullshit. I don't give a crap about and I'm like. Those hieroglyphics are really cool. I wonder how they did those. I bet the guy who made those should be really proud of himself. So uh, kudos to you guy in the art department who mm-hmm. hopefully got a better job. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, – I want to talk about this before we run out of time. Yeah. So they completely lost – I was reading on Memory Alpha. They completely lost the plot of this episode. <laughs> I heard that. Initially, they were going to make Harry actually one of these aliens. Yeah. He was, was going to be like – he was going to be a weird spot alien with a special destiny. And they're like, wait, that's stupid. Wait, no. Wait, no, it isn't. We should do it. Wait, no, it's stupid. Wait, we're filming. No, actually, what what I read, and there were a few different conflicting things, but what I read was they wanted to do that, and the network said, absolutely not. And so they had to fix it at the last minute. Garrett Wong was all excited, like, oh, I have a whole weird backstory that's now a thing, and I can play him different, and I can do a whole new direction. And they're like, no, you're not doing that. Oh, okay. (laughs) I kind of love the idea of the network just coming up to Harry and going, you're not special. No! Just Joe Paramount? Yeah. Just like, nope, not you. Oh, God, Mr. Paramount the fourth. (laughs) You're all canceled. I don't know why I picture Martin Leffingwell from the uh, Leffingwell Grocers, but uh, (laughs) one person will get that, but that's all right. Mr. Paramount. (laughs) I'm exceedingly wealthy. Um... My good thing, I also struggled uh-huh. hard. This is this it pick something better than hieroglyphics? About the same. All right. The the most of the women on this planet are wearing these red outfits and they're they're bright primary red and some of them are kind of gold 
with black trim and kind of kind of mini skirty. They look a lot like original series uniforms. Yeah, they did. Saying. Remember Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> again, that was a good show. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, I was reading again Memory Alpha, and Garrett Wong is actually quoted as saying, "Yeah, they wanted to get some really beautiful women for this, but I thought they were all really frumpy." <laughs> Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I thought they were fine. Yeah. They're, you know, average acting TV, TV women like yeah. Jesus Christ, Garrett. Yeah, that's terrible. I was promised beautiful women. <laughs> a, a boy as special as I. <laughs> These are not up to my special standards. Bring me the most beautiful women on the planet. <laughs> Harry, you've um, got detention. There was there was a there was a whole section that just reminded me of that Futurama episode. I was waiting for them to grab him and demand snoo snoo. Oh, uh, Amazon women in the in the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do good snoo snoo. <laughs> tell, tell you this, I wouldn't find if uh, fucking B. Arthur showed up. That would have been okay. If they, if that, that's what the last act of this needed is a femme pewter. Yeah, she could, no, she could have been the head like the head woman, and then she could have sung that song from the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> I'm just trying to weigh in my mind what is worse. Pour a drink into Neelix's head. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? Um, Let me see. We're getting short on time, I believe. Is that uh, Amanda's been holding hands up to me? But yes, we got about five minutes. Uh, Let's see. Let me back in your womb, mommy. Yeah. A lot of lot of talk of Mrs. I was going to say Mrs. Wong's, Mrs. Kim's womb. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot. Uh, Not kidding. They really nah, do talk about her womb. Nah, let's just play my quote. Very well. What's your quote? Oh, fuck. What is my Space-time quote? Space-time anomalies. Oh, no, just play Space-time anomalies. Alien telepathy. Alternate realities. The list gets weirder as it goes on. Yep. That's that's Harry trying to figure out what's going on with him. Yeah. I'll set I, it I, I, I do kind of like the idea that, you know, like, I've been in Star Trek. Yeah. That's one thing the show does well that we pointed out before. They they know they live in a universe where weird shit happens every week and they're just like, yeah, it's probably Q yeah. or an alternate timeline or I don't, we'll figure it out. It's, uh, it's it might be the fine. alternate universe where I'm spot guy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep wanting it to be drawn in like that way the Jerry Lewis uh, caricature that he has for the uh, when he does the live shows. It's like that weird like super spirally black and white thing of talking into a microphone. <laughs> I want it to be the uh, like the Citizen Kane yes. giant picture behind him. <laughs> no, I want it to be in like red, white, and blue and just say hope at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if there is one thing Neelix does not represent for us, <laughs> it's hope. Is that it? Is that all we got? I think that's everything. All right. I would very much like to thank all of you for being out, for coming out here. It is, it is fantastic to do this in front of people and, yep. and so much better than just sitting in my basement on Skype with Matt. Like, yeah. do, do you not agree? This oh, is, yeah, definitely. Like, the jokes work. People can hear them and they like them. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. So, seriously, thank you all very much and uh, say, say your thing. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.